It's an all-new Borderline. Welcome mm -hmm. back with Bernie. I'm Jeff, and great to be back with you. So much to talk about this week. I'm excited for the show. Kind of a little I bit, a uh, little pull back the curtain on the sport of cornhole. So that'd be kind of fun. Absolutely. Um, but uh, you and I were just talking in the break. I I'm so proud of you because um, I know Thanksgiving's tough for everybody as far <laughs> yeah. as as far as overeating and everything goes yeah, <laughs> and working yeah. out. Uh, but you you actually made an effort to start working out. And um, you you said you already are starting. To yeah. Do so I'm proud of you. Yeah. I, you know, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So I've, I don't know, it's I've, fun, I've, I've, got, I've gotten rid of the fat and a lot of the drunk. So not much I can do about the stupid part. But yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I've uh, it, you know, I haven't lost a lot of weight necessarily, you know, maybe five to 10 pounds, but it's trans like the weight looks different. You know what I mean? In my, everything starts to fit better. It's amazing how much better you feel when your clothes fit properly. I know just mentally, right? Yeah. I mean like throwing on pants now, I don't feel like anything's tight. Everything's just kind of where it's supposed to be, you know, already down part, you know, a, a notch on the belt, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to see some, some work coming to fruition a little bit. See, I don't. I don't want to necessarily go down this rabbit hole again because we've been there. Mm -hmm. But I like my. I like my jeans tight. <laughs> remember, remember, we had this whole episode. Oh my god, we had the whole jeans episode. I know you and your jeans. But I mean, tight jeans. Started, dude. It started up. Yeah, I love. I love tight jeans. I like. I like. I like. I, you know what? I would have been a great country music singer. I like my jeans tight. I just do. It just, it just makes me feel good. Man, that there's so girl, much girl. to say about that. If actually, I was a girl, I'd wear yoga pants all the time. All day. All day. <laughs> I mean, as a matter of fact, I have, you know, some kind of workout tights when it's cold to put under my shorts. They feel great. I get it, ladies. I, I get it. I a hundred percent understand it. Like that it. compression, it just kind of feels yeah. good. Just kind of just kind of puts everything in its place. I don't yeah. want that with denim. But I, I do like that with the Lycra and workout pants. Maybe we should start this episode over. Can we start this one over? <laughs> this has already gotten really weird. <laughs> no, but you said you said just before we came on, you said your toughest thing as far as eating right um, is the sugar, and sugar. I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I've I've heard people who have who have changed their physical um, structure, just the way that they look and their health by just cutting out Absolutely. sugar and fried I can't food. Do it. I can't do it too. I can't like I'm trying. Yeah. And for me, it's not, I don't eat a ton of sweets, even though I probably eat too many, but it's, it's soda. And I, it's, it's a mental thing at this point. Like I can't seem to just cut like, and I'm not drinking as much as I did. Like regular, like, like, like regular Coke or Pepsi like a regular or? Coke. Yeah. Wow. Like diet yeah. Coke to me tastes like absolute poison. Ah, so you're a regular, yeah, that, yeah. It's so drinks, it's so much sugar, right? And I and I'm trying to get rid of that, and it, it's it's the hardest part of it all. Like yeah. you would think going into a weight room and throwing around a ton of weight would be hard, simple and easy compared to just putting down soda and getting away from soda. It's an addiction. I I, it, I crave I crave sugar. Now I don't drink a lot of sugared soda. I do drink a diet coke every once in a while. Maybe 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 one a day if I'm because I drink coffee in the morning and I can't right. drink too much caffeine because then it causes all kinds of heart palpitations. It's kind of hereditary in my family. So yes. I don't drink a whole lot of I don't drink a whole lot of, of soda. When I do it's diet. But I'm with you on the sugar. Like it's really hard for me to like I feel like I crave it. Like when I finish a meal, you know how smokers when they finish a meal like my mom. My mom my mom has smoked her whole life. Sure. When she finishes a meal 
she loves to have a cigarette, right? And a lot, and yeah. a lot of people who smoked a long time do. They they just like to have that cigarette after they finish a meal. I'm that. I feel like I'm that way with sugar. As soon yeah. as I finish a meal, it's like I'm not full unless I have something. And and I hate that. I wish I could cut that because I feel better without it. I have more energy without it. Yeah. Because that's what happens. I have I have sugar. I feel good. It gives me that high. It makes me feel full. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm exhausted. Sure. And, you know, I'm a mess. and it's so funny. People are like, well, it's just, caffeine. you know, it's the caffeine. That's, it's like, it's not. Like, I'll drink a Red Bull. And oddly enough, I have somehow conditioned myself to enjoy sugar-free Red Bull, right? Ugh. But but that gives me the caffeine or whatever boost I need, right? Yeah. But it's not the caffeine in a Coca-Cola or a, you know, whatever soda. It's the sugar. And I can't seem like, and, and I know for a fact that if I put that down, drank the amount of water I'm supposed to drink a day, I would probably lose five to 10 pounds in two or three weeks. Probably. And I I know it and I know it and I can't do it. That's, that's the hold it has on me. That's been the last hurdle to this, you know, starting to kind of lose weight and all of that. I mean, it's, 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 I didn't think it wasn't this hard when I did this once before in my life when I was like, all right, I'm kind of cleansing. I'm going to work out. I'm going to get in better shape, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember it being this hard. And maybe it's because of the years and years and years it now, is. down it the is. road. It, everything. I, I'm the same way. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, for me, turning 40 was not a big deal. Turning 50, I feel like, I feel like everything's harder. I mean, it's harder to, <laughs> to run. Hard. It's harder to run. When was the last, to, can you, can you get, can you break into a sprint right now? Uh, I could, but I would pull my hamstrings and maybe tear no an ACL. I can't break. I, I tried it the other day. Don't ask me why. I just wanted to see where my legs and my knees were. I tried to kind of break into a sprint. Couldn't do it. And I used to be fast. Like, you know, four or five forty in high school fast, which isn't, you know, lightning, lightning, but it's pretty quick. I used to be pretty quick. I can't, I can't sprint. I cannot get into a sprint. My legs just won't allow it anymore. That's what 50 is. And like, I, I remember even being in my thirties, Jeff, even in my thirties, late thirties thinking, man, I'll never be that guy. <laughs> cause I, cause I played in a softball league with this one guy from work who was, you know, much, much, he was already in his fifties and you know, he just couldn't, couldn't really run. And looks like we lost you. Did, did I lose Jeff? He got so bored with what I'm talking about and sprinting that he left. That's a sad, sad state of affairs. Okay. It is going to sound like we are totally switching gears <laughs> because, because we are. Yeah. So my 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 worst nightmare, right? I mean, worst case scenario, my biggest fears of doing this podcast every single week. Um, and it happened. We're just realized, like yeah. literally, um, got an email. So we've been we've actually been off the air, even though it doesn't seem like it because we're just switching gears. We've we've been off the air now for about an hour. So literally six and a half minutes into recording the show, of all the times for it to happen. Comcast literally has a an outage across the entire Charleston, not, not just the Charleston metro area, the entire Charleston area, which is the low country, which you, you're familiar low, with. Low country. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's Mount Pleasant. That's James Island. That's West Ashley. That's, I mean, out, I don't know if it went out as far as to Somerville, but literally. It's a, lot of ang- it's a lot of angry people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's funny because as soon as we popped back on, uh, my inbox is flooded from the real estate company uh, with all these emails warning us of the outages. But of course, it does no good because <laughs> they're emailing us. 
and I can't read the emails, which is awesome. Yeah. So anyway, hey man, we're back though. We're back. So and 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 the uh, so so what the hell? I think we were talking about being old and being out old of shape and not and being able to sprint. And and by the way, for the folks at home that are seeing this, when this went down. I was talking, I was running on and I realized I was able to talk and no one was like stopping me. And then I looked over and Jeff was gone. Yeah. And I, I was all by myself. It was a sad moment. So, so, and, and I think, I don't even know if, if, so, so, I, so I was playing pickleball last week. So like, I'm mm-hmm. one of those guys now playing pickleball. So I was you're, playing pickleball last week. You kind of look like a pickleball. You, you kind of look like a pickleball guy. I'm telling you, you, play, you played <laughs> tennis too, right? I know Stacy played. I, I mean, you I, play tennis? Not not competitively, okay. but I mean, I, I can play tennis. But Stacy Stacy would be a freaking badass pickleball player. I'm telling you, he would kill it. People don't because, realize he was actually a good tennis player. And yeah. and you don't you don't you don't have to be a sprinter to no. to play pickleball. Stacy's not a sprinter. You just <laughs> not, have to no. be you have to be quick. You don't have to be fast, but you have to be quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, being 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 able to run obviously helps being mobile. But it's so funny because like I dominate at pickleball because most of the people who play obviously mm-hmm. are in their their seventies. And so like a, a shot will go elder a shot, abuse. A shot will a shot will go over my head and I'll turn around, run back, and just and just whip it right and hit it. And they're like, Wow, great shot. It's that like, was yeah. amazing. I'm not in a walker yet. Yeah, people don't realize like state I weigh now what Stacy weighed when we left high school. Oh my gosh. Well, we've seen we've seen pictures. You guys, you guys are flat out sexy. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, yeah, maybe. I was yeah, real like, small. I was hair, really small. Flowing hair. like golden brown hair. Yeah, I, I was hair. I yeah, I did too. I was really sad to see it go. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was those were bad days back in the nineties when I realized, wow, I'm going bald. There's not much I can do about it. I'm losing my hair. Okay. All right. All right. So, so one more thing and then we'll move on. So they always say you get your hair from your mom's dad, right? He died at 97 with more hair than I have now. Okay. That was my question. So obviously that's false. I I don't know why. I mean, he did, he, there was pattern baldness there like this, but it wasn't. I got the good genes for the baldness. It's, I mean, I, if I grew the clown hair out on the sides, it would, you know, it would look like I had more hair, but yeah, it, no. it's so straight and thin. It would literally look like clown hair. It would just grow straight out. It doesn't yeah. like lay down. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought the beard back, by the way. I like the beard. Yeah. You know, that, that's my favorite look. You know, right. the salt and pepper, a lot more salt than pepper these days. I like it. I like it. It works on you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I came up with a great idea. Number one, I'm never playing fantasy football again. I'm doing really well. I'm in second place. It causes me so much stress. And that's why I stopped playing it about four or five years ago because it's no fun. Like I got into rooting for my players. Yeah. Or, or, rooting, team. or, or rooting against my, my teams. Yeah. You know? I'm, I mean, se- I'm second in total point scored and I'm in like fifth or sixth place. Oh, that's the worst. That is yeah, the worst. I, I am. I am. I am first or second in points against. But yet my team is pretty good, so I'm still in second place and, and qualified for the playoffs already. Nonsense. But I'm never doing it again. I, I would rather just bet on the games, bet on the teams that I like and and be able to root. Like I'd like to I'd like to to bet on the Chiefs, bet on the Cowboys, bet on the Panthers, bet on teams I actually watch and I have would, a vested interest in. Yeah, I would bet versus fantasy football because I'm I'm rooting against the Chiefs. I'm yeah. rooting against Mahomes. I'm rooting against Dak Prescott. I'm I'm rooting against whoever the quarterback is for the Panthers. I, I think it. I think if the Panthers would just be better, 
that would bother me more, but they're so bad that yeah. it just, it, you know, at this point in the season, I mean, the season's done, right? They're just playing because they have to play the games. I mean, I, I guess theoretically the NFC South is so bad that if they were able to win out and Tampa Bay lost, I mean, they could actually still win that division. I think they're only two games out, which is insane at four and eight. Yep. Right. But it's, you know, they're four and eight, dude. I mean, it's, there's not a lot to cheer for there. So we, I mean, it, people have joked in national media for a while that seven and 10 could win that damn division. They could. I mean, it, it could. It really could. I mean, well, here's the deal with the Panthers, too, is that, is that, and I've talked about this many times on sports talk shows. The worst thing in the world that can happen to you in any sports entity or any sports team, not, not losing because the Cubs lost for years, yeah. right? And and people still love them. The Red Sox lost for years before yeah. 2004 when they won the World World Series and won that great run. The worst thing that can happen to you is become irrelevant. It happened to the Kansas City Royals forever. The Royals, people don't realize, the Royals and the Yankees were the top two teams in the American League in the late 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. And then the Royals completely dropped off the map. And and what happened to them is what's happened to the Panthers. And if they're not careful, well, it's, it's be devastating. Is is becoming irrelevant. Yeah, when it's you also become irrelevant. It's the yeah. worst thing that can happen. It's also much easier to become irrelevant in a small market like Charlotte, like Kansas exactly. City. Yep. New York can be terrible, but it's New York, right? I mean, the yep. Knicks. People still talk about the New York Knicks, and they've been awful in the NBA for what a decade and a half, almost yeah. two people decades. Are still passionate about them, yeah. and they still talk about. It. Whereas, I mean, the Charlotte Hornets are worse off than the Panthers. I mean, truly irrelevant. In, in the sport of NBA last season, they had some moments where people talked about it, but not really. And they're awful this year. The Panthers are awful. And if you're in a small market, you're right. You just become irrelevant. No one cares outside yeah. of your, your couple thousand diehards in your city. No one cares. Yep. It, that, it is the worst thing that can happen to a, to a sports, to a sports franchise. Yep. hundred percent. In agree. my opinion. So, all right, so here's my idea. So what, you know what? I do like playing, um, well, or I could get into with with fantasy is golfing because it's individual players, right? So mm -hmm. if you could pick individual, well, maybe it'd be the same thing though, right? Right. So here's my idea. Can but we you get to pick, but you get to pick who you want, and somehow I'm not sure how fantasy golf works. I know people that play it. I still don't understand. I don't. Be I don't know either. Because you get to pick a lot of the same. I mean, I guess you have to pick a couple of different people and hope they do well. But most people are picking the same. Like, I, I don't get it either. It's, it's right. bizarre. So here's my so here's my here's my idea. So and a lot of people probably have already caught on to this. Can we do? Can we start a fantasy cornhole league? It's already like going there. into into a national. Do we have that? It's already there. I mean, there's uh there's people doing announcer leagues. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. You know what? I'll get you hooked up in the announcer league if you want. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to play, but I can uh, I can oh, talk so to some people one for of those things. This is another. One I can talk to some people. Yeah. Where, where I just where I just didn't get the invite. Okay, I, I, got, I get it. I got I, it. No, I, I I got invited by people that, that I didn't really know all that well. I was kind of I mean, I know I'm fine. I just I'm surprised you didn't get the invite. I think people think you're a little aloof, Jeff. I think they're afraid of you. You've reached a certain level of stardom that you're beyond the rest of us. I don't think that's it. You're, you're not down here in the front because this isn't this isn't an ACL thing. This isn't an ACL group. This cornhole thing, this uh fantasy group. This was this was from some cornhole folks out there. Got it. So I can uh, I can I can make sure they contact you if you want to play. But there's a lot of people playing. Michelle's no, playing. I'd rather not be contacted. <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, I feel like a movie star 
I feel like a movie star. Like like you know when they when they uh, film, they will put like like uh, the foil below them so that the sunlight or the light bounces off the foil and up on their faces. And yes, like I've got this light coming off my floor, Uh-oh. shining right on my face. <laughs> I feel Thank like God I do not. Yeah, I I, I have like th- these little these ring lights that everyone uses now for these type of situations. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Just having this light directly in my face. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's weird having that light come bouncing up. Every... You can see it. You can I see it. I like it though. Yeah, yeah. It, gives me, it gives me a certain glow. Star power. That's what you got, All right. man. All right. So our guest is uh, in queue and she's probably like, God, these guys are idiots. Like this is going to ruin my career. The fact that she's coming on the show. But fortunately, <laughs> she just got a huge promotion and she is much safer with her employment than you and I are because she's very, very valuable. But she we, is valuable. She, she, we, we thought it'd be kind of fun this week. And again, you know, we realize that there's a lot of people who watch the show who, who who are cornhole pros, uh, but there's a lot of people who watch the show who are kind of outsiders. But yeah. one of the things that that people ask about is, and they don't realize, is what goes in behind the scenes of setting up one of these events. So we thought this week could be kind of fun to pull back the curtain and talk about the number of players that are each one of these events. Um, the number of cornhole boards, how everyone keeps score. Keeping score is really difficult in cornhole, as most of you who don't play the sport know. Um, so we can kind of dive into that. Um, you know, we, we play in different venues all the time. Last year, we made this really great West Coast swing. So people were asking me, why do you guys go out West? So we thought we'd kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and um, talk about a lot of these um you know, behind the scenes things and sure. operations and venues. And what better person to do it with and, and I just found out uh, in our downtown while Comcast was out here in the Charleston area that our guest this week actually was a former pro player uh, yes. and has played the sport for 15 or 16 And again, we are so happy to have her on more with the ACL. And congratulations to her and her brand new title as the director of events for the American Cornhole League. Please welcome to Borderline for the first time, Catherine Cat Halbert. Nice. Yay! Cat, look at Cat with her hair all down, done, the hoodie on. Up, man. Come on now. Mm, only Ooh. for you. Got only her hair did. Where's Where's Tanner at? Tanner comes home right now. We We might We might lose you. <laughs> definitely, y'all are sitting there like talking about lack of hair, and I'm like, what do I do with this stuff? Uh, yeah. Where does it go? Je- no, Jeff. Jeff has nice flowing locks. He just keeps it kind of tight. I, yeah. This high and tight. Good. High and tight. Like my jeans. High and tight. <laughs> All right. Before we get to Cat, Cat, did you hear that about the jeans? No. About that Jeff likes his jeans tight. Can I? I mean, what's I up? kind of like over time have noticed that, but I've never <laughs> had a conversation. I mean, oh, thank you. I mean, you want things to fit, but do you want them to be tight? I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. I grew up in the rodeo world, so uh, jeans tight are a requirement for cowboys. There you go. Yeah. See, I'm a cowboy at heart. That's that. <laughs> yeah, you are the farthest <laughs> thing from a rodeo. Just ask anybody. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Just ask anybody. I'm Let a cowboy at heart, y'all. See how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So, so we've already referenced his name. So, Cat um, is also the wife of Tanner who we had on the show about a month ago. And Tanner, of course, top 10 player in the world had a terrific year last year. So, but I didn't realize that you played that you played for like 15 or 16 years. So before we get too much into your promotion and what you do and all this pull back the curtain stuff, um, why did you start playing cornhole and when did you start playing? Do you remember? Yeah, we were at the, um, I, 
we had a place at a campground um, when I was a kid and we used to play horseshoes. And then at one point in time, we figured that it got a little bit too dangerous for the amount of alcohol intake that was happening. So everyone started playing cornhole and then we started doing like tournaments at the river. And then I was running those. And then all of a sudden we were playing at this bar back at home and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, everybody at home wanted to like really start playing cornhole. We were all driving to Virginia beach to play um, where Rocky was running, you know, league stuff and doing things more competitively. And then they were like, Hey, we really want this here. So I got into it and then it's just kind of escalated from there. I went from playing around and not, you know, doing it during the week to full fledged. Is that how you met Tanner? It is how I met Tanner. So how did that happen? How'd that go? Uh, we went to, I came down here to Florida um, for a tournament and I met Tanner and <laughs> funny story. I had no idea how old Tanner was when I met him. Um, and is he older than walking. you? No, no, no. She's robbing the cradle. Is that? Cougar. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So this whole weekend goes by and he was playing with Ashton at the time. How much, how much, how much older are you? I'm six years older than Tanner. Bull, get out of here. <laughs> oh, my. Plucked him out. So when I met him, he <laughs> by no means acted his age because at the end of the weekend, I was talking to him and Ashton and Tanner's parents. And I was like, I just want to tell you, like, thank you. Like, that event was crazy. And we had a lot of cornhole drama going on. He was very respectful. He was very go with the flow. Um, and I was, like, thanking him and talking to his parents and whatnot. And he... I asked them how old they were and he was playing with Ashton at the time. Okay. And Tanner was like, I'll be 19 in a month. And I was like, gotta go. Oh <laughs> like, my God. I was like, Ashton was 20 something at the time. So like it was complete opposite. You thought Ashton was like this child and Tanner carried himself so well that like, you just yeah. had no idea. Um, I tell people all the time, if Tanner act his age, he would not be married. Um, that is but, awesome. So you were you oh were essentially gosh. hitting on an 18-year-old and you were in your mid-20s? Is that what you're I had no idea. Me? Well, I mean, I wasn't necessarily <laughs> say I was hitting on him by any means at that point. But I was like, dang, like, right. this guy's, like, super mature, like, whatever. And You're then, like, hey, you want to go grab a beer? And he's like, well, if my dad buys me, you know, a six-pack, <laughs> then we can hang out. Well, the worst part of it was I was bartending at the time. Cornell was like a part-time gig for me. So I was bartending full time. I was like, this dude cannot even sit in my bar. Like I got to go. Not okay. and we became really close for years. Um, and then we were like best friends. And then over some time, like there was definitely feelings there. And I was like, there's no way you're too young for me. You live in Florida. Like this is not possible. Um, and then, we went to Vegas for a week. Um, That'll do it. Us as friends. And, and you just couldn't get past that young man smile. Yeah. Came home and we were not single anymore. We were not friends. That's... We were definitely more than that. It's funny because everyone thought we were together for the longest time and we were never together. But Well, Tanner, so... Tanner, Tanner is flat out sexy. I got to tell you. Anyone will tell you that Jamie Graham is my man crush. I don't know why. I, I just I, I just like Jamie, but Tanner is a close number two. He's a close right, number so two. Trey makes fun of me for that all the time. <laughs> he might funny. kill me for this. My dad's nickname for Tanner is Big Sexy. That is yes, he is. He is a big sexy. Big sexy. Yeah, maybe we should maybe we should start over again. This is the second time I think we should start over. <laughs> wow. So tight jeans, 
in like man Jamie, crushes. And I like Jamie Graham and that's, Tanner. That's Hatler, where yeah. that's where we're going. This yeah. this is awesome, by the way. So anywho. <laughs> well that that is crazy though. I had no idea. Seriously, I had no idea looking at you two yep. that that you were older than he was. All right. So are we done embarrassing you now? Can we move on? You're not embarrassing me. <laughs> Go at it. You right, might embarrass so, Tanner more than you embarrass me. I will take it. Yeah, that. you're exactly right. You Please are so right later. about that. Tan, Tanner, I can just see Tanner right now. He's like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. 100%, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he tells all everyone right, so, I was just stupid, and then all of a sudden I just realized he had irresistible charm, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see that. I'm a big fan. All right, so <laughs> director of events for the ACL. Let's just dive right into this. So um, I don't even actually I don't even know where to start. So I, I guess let's just kind of start with the basics because people want to know like um, how many players show up an event at an event, and I know it varies. But let's just use even though this last weekend was was a big one. Yeah. So just just to kind of kind of put the enormity of these events out there. For people, you guys uh, were in Virginia Beach, and as far as uh, as far as a non-national goes, so just an open, this has to be one of the largest of the year. But still, I think it was like nine hundred and some players. So, how the heck do you organize nine hundred players? Where was it? How? I mean, how many cornhole boards does it take? I mean, just just talk about the enormity of that of that event. So, Virginia Beach was the largest open that the ACLs ever ran. Um, there was 974 unique players. And unique means individually signed up, but those players were playing multiple events. So, on any given day, I mean, you had, I mean, doubles, we had 424 teams in doubles. <laughs> that is oh insane. My gosh. So, how do you organize this? Um, a lot of <laughs> like, deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like mean, how many staff members are there? Let's start with that. Like how, how many ACL staff? I mean, four, well, many three working <laughs> the table. So it was me, Josh and Ashley Kearns, the conference um, commissioner for the mid Atlantic conference. And then Wally runs our live stream. And then we had two work in merch. Um, and then Mike was there kind of during setup and tear down and things of that sort. I'm um, driving the merch truck. Um, cause merch has gotten so big. They need their own truck now. So, um, wow. Yeah, there's not many. Um, thanks. So about ten, about ten people or less yeah, running this and, entire tournament. I mean, essentially, you only have three running the tournament. Wow. All right. How many cornhole boards? We set up 104 and could have used way more. 104 sets. 104 sets of boards. Oh my god. So gosh. 208 boards. Yep. All right. And another one of the fascinating things is keeping score. Like, like technology has, has even taken over the sport of cornhole. I think it's fascinating how it works. So, so every court that you set up has to have an iPad and we we've had Trey on um, to talk about this as far as the importance of this. So, so for, for several years now, I think we maybe two or three years, three or four years, we've been using the iPads because all the data now needs to be collected because right. once, once Vegas got involved, you have to have this data. I mean, Vegas is data-driven. It's no longer just guys sitting around in a room trying to set the odds. It's all data-driven. So that's kind of what started all this. But So if you can talk about that, Kat, just the number of iPads and how that whole thing works. So we carry around two carts full of tablets because you've got multiple things, right? So first of all, every court needs a tablet, but then you need backup tablets in case something dies or, I mean, we keep tons of portable chargers um, because 
certain people like to turn the brightness up on the tablet. Um, we specifically go through and like put it at half brightness, cut the auto bright off and all those fun things. But some people can't see. So they turn it up. Well, when they don't turn it back down, the tablets die because that's what happens. And they are starting to be used at nine o'clock in the morning. And sometimes they can be used until 10, 11 o'clock at night. So they're going to die. It, it is what it is. Um, Unfortunately, Wi-Fi, just like you had issues this morning, Jeff, we had issues this past weekend. Um, there's just some things that aren't controllable, right? We go into a venue and we tell them, you know, we need this, 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 and this, but they really don't always understand. They never do. <clears throat> they just don't get it. We tell them like, hey, there can be no device limit on these Wi-Fis. Like we have to have it. Um, they're supposed to set up. We have like our own personal SSID and password. Because when that's set up, all of our tabs automatically like join the Wi-Fi. Well, mm -hmm. when that's not set up, like this weekend, we had to manually go through and input the Wi-Fi password into all of these tablets. Now, oh granted, gosh. we were able to get it fixed by Saturday um, morning, but it was it was a mess. Um, Sunday, there was some type of error in the charging overnight on Saturday. So Sunday morning, we had like 30 people standing in front of us right after we started, like, it's dead. What do I do with it? Um, I've never been so thankful for Hunter Thorne and Tony Smith as I was this weekend. Um, Josh Lunsford and Ryan Hart, like they saved our butts multiple times this weekend because three people can only type on so many iPads at one time. Right. So they're literally sitting there helping us like reconnect these things to the Wi-Fi and helping us like getting them straight because on our pros have used these tablets so much that they know how to like kind of make them work. Right. Technology's glitchy. It happens. Mm -hmm. Um, so some of them have the knowledge to be able to help fix them and adjust them or whatever. I mean, a dead tablet's a dead tablet. There's nothing you can do with that. But as far as getting like the screen refreshed and stuff like that, they were lifesavers this weekend. Cause if it was just the three of us, I think Josh would have pulled out what little hair he has left. <laughs> Speak, speaking of the tablets, and I, I find this funny because, Jeff, you know, people of our age bracket and older are, aren't giant fans of the technology. I, I love it. I love what it does. I love the fact that we're able to get it. But when you see some of the older pros, they're not touching it. They'd rather bend down with bad knees and hips and grab bags out of a hole than actually touch the tablets and do the scoring. So I actually made a joke this weekend <laughs> um, because this weekend was one of those ones that, like, you had to, like, just make it like you just had to laugh. Otherwise, you were going to literally like lose your mind. Um, and I was we when we were having all the issues and I was like, um, if you are 55 plus and you don't know what you're doing, please don't touch the tablet. Yeah. Please bring it to the table. We will get it fixed. Um, you know, just because and it's a joke, right? Like it was all in good fun and whatever. But we were having so many issues. It was just one of those things. Like if you don't know how to fix it, bring it to the table and we'll get it fixed. Like don't. Yeah. Try don't be that. Don't be that guy. Don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Don't be me and end up like having the whole thing reset and it's completely ruined when you take it back. Like I don't know. I hit a couple buttons. Take this. Speaking <laughs> speaking of the Wi-Fi, this is another thing that blows me away. And and we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of I guess use this as a segue into how event spaces are chosen and why we end up in certain cities. Um, I I was talking to Trey one day. I think it was just last season. And it costs a lot of money to run these tournaments. No doubt about it. I had no idea that one of the largest expenses was in Wi-Fi. So how, much, so how much was it this weekend? You don't have to give the exact amount, but just ballpark. This weekend, like this weekend wasn't rough um, because we were at a field house, right? So it was included in our venue rental. However, um, 
in the process of trying to confirm the rest of this schedule for all these lovely people. I just got a quote back from a venue that I really wanted us to go to. The internet alone for our broadcast would have cost us $30,000. Just And that's just for broadcast internet. That does yeah. not include the four lines for the live stream or the Wi-Fi. That was just broadcast internet was $30,000. And that's, and again, that's just for a weekend, basically. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think... Essentially, it, we're set up Thursday, so Thursday through Sunday, $30,000. I think if people knew the amount of pot, uh, cost to run, let's say, a national with with what what with, with production and, and the actual cost that comes out they don't believe it when you tell them that they literally will not believe you the it's 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 well into the six figures for each national that has to be yeah. paid out well when you're paying 30 or 40 thousand dollars a weekend for wi-fi alone yeah i mean already you're you're behind the eight ball i, I couldn't believe it when trey told me that 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 blew my mind yeah it's how, crazy how expensive it's, it was people have no idea you know i have conversations like they're People are always like, it's not that hard. Like, I don't understand how you can't have these things booked and this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you want to do my job for a day? One day. Just one day, call a venue and tell them that this is what your budget is and listen to them laugh at you because they think that you're absolutely crazy. You know, I, we work a lot of deals and we do, you know, that's my job. Like, Josh and I worked really hard this past season to get us in places that were places that we would want to go. Um, that were, you know, good for players, good for staff um, and spreading it across the country. But sometimes it all comes down to what the cost is. Right. Um, yep, right. If you want Vegas is one of those places like that we love to go, but it is so difficult to go there purely because of cost. Cost for the players or cost for the league? Cost for the league really? and cost for the players. I mean, you go at certain times. So, like, one of the th couple of the things that we looked at this year, we're trying to pair up um, our events with other big events in the area, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like the F1 race, the Formula One race. Stacy was huge on like trying to go and run this open at the Formula One race. I was all about it. I was like, sounds good. Well, turns around and I checked some prices and hotel rooms for players were going to be almost a thousand dollars a night. And I was like, there's no way dude, can't do it. Yeah. You know, like it's just not possible. I can't, you're not the open. Won't you won't get anybody. Um, cause they just can't afford right. it. So there's a lot of thoughts that go into it. You know, we hear people complain sometimes about costs of certain things, but, and you know, you go into a venue and the cost of alcohol, well, we can share all of that, all that we want to, right. I tell them that they cut the price down, they'll sell way more and this, that, and the other, but a venue is a venue and I can't yeah. make them change their prices. But you would much rather pay $12 for a beer than pay $1,000 a night for a hotel because I didn't pay attention where I was booking when I booked it, right? Yeah. So, all right, so that's a good transition into, so how do we, and you've answered this a little bit, but how do we decide where we travel to? And again, for those who don't know, there are four nationals plus the world championship, which is every year going to be in Rock Hill. So we know where that one's going to be. So the four nationals, the world championship, you've got eight pro shootouts that have been on CBS for the last couple of years. That's going to change this year. But so eight additional events plus potentially a ninth for the championship, the pro invitational, which was uh, at Shamar's house. Maybe again, I'm not sure you can, you can speak to that, but so, I mean, just alone with the four nationals, the world championship, the eight or nine pro shootouts, the ACL invitational plus you are the pro invitational plus you have what 16 opens 
Um, so how how do do you and Fred, Josh, Stacy, Trey, like it, it, do you guys meet in a conference room? Are there emails? How do you decide do you talk to the players? Is there is there a is there a player committee? How do you decide where we're going, where people like to go, where they don't want to go? How do those decisions get made? So uh, essentially the way it worked this year was Josh and I just kind of went at it, right? We just kind of started contacting venues and things of that sort, seeing uh, the first thing is space. That's the biggest thing. Like everybody's like, well, why don't you come here? Well, and then you pull it off and I'm like, oh, this looks really cool. And then you look at their space and it's not big enough. We, for a national, require 50 to 60,000 square feet. Minimum. Of space. Minimum. Like it's the amount of space. I mean, just for an open, we require so, I mean, like 30 to 40,000 square feet because of the amount of boards, like the bigger, more space that we have, the more boards we can set up, the larger the tournament can be. Right. Um, But nationals, you have to have that set amount Um, at opens. We can kind of fluctuate a little bit. Like if you have 30,000, we can make it work, which just a smaller open. Um, but we really try to push for that 40 to get all the boards that we want so that we can set it because Josh's formula is, okay, we have this many boards. This is how many players that we can take. Um, it's like four per board or whatever for rounders just to make it work, um, which we were way over that this past weekend in Virginia beach. So it's just one of those things. Um, we let regional directors, if you have a venue in your area, you can submit it to us. And we look at those. Um, if you know that a venue will work, um, but it's really just kind of like a free for all. Like we know that we want to hit all parts of the country. We are never going to hit every state. It's just not possible. Um, but we try to go in each area. Right. So like um, I'm got our schedule up just because I was trying to look. But like we are looking to lock in like Portland, Oregon, so that we can hit that part. Rhode Let's Island just got added so that we can hit that part. Um, yeah. We are down in Atlanta, hopefully, um, we're Texas, we're, um, for a national and most likely an open, um, like we're in Kansas, we're in South Dakota, like literally we're spreading it out, but then we also have like the Canada opens that are getting added to the schedule. So we have to navigate around those. Um, and the biggest thing is the truck, right? So like, if I'm going, I can't go from Vegas to Atlanta weekend to weekend, Cause I can't make it. Like I can't get the truck yeah. out to load in yeah. there in time. So kind of, well, well, bands, bands do that. I mean, you know, like we have Brett young, right. Last year in one of the super Bowl events, when you, when you, when you tour around, when those guys go on tour, you have to take that into consideration because they've got all their trucks with all that gear. So yeah, I mean, the, the logistics of it have to make sense. You're not going all over the country. That, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So we just kind of like, originally when Josh and I started this, it was like, okay, we're going to go up and go, or we were going to go down because we wanted to hit the South in the, in the winter. And then we were going to go up and then circle back around. And it clearly does not look like that anymore, but I mean, like the intentions are good. It just doesn't always work that way. Um, And there's a lot of back and forth. Um, Josh and I go back and forth and we get Fred involved and Stacy, once we pretty much had our schedule in place, where we were planning on going, we give it to Stacy and Fred. We have this huge call, and Stacy goes, "Yep, nope, I don't like no, that. Don't like that one. Gonna have like to change that. that. <laughs> I want to move that one." And everyone's going, "This stuff should have been done. I don't understand how you." And I'm like, "Well, it was done." So, <laughs> was by, done. and by the way, like, like, and, and, and just you know, and you can speak to this when you're calling these places, and let's say they have a square footage, you know, uh, required amount. Can they handle television? 
can yeah. they handle television production? And you would not believe how many places do not have that capability. So we, and I know now Kat and Josh hear this all the time. Well, this place here that we've got in our town, it's got plenty of space and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, you can't do anything there. I mean, it's great for your local tournaments, but you can't run national shootouts. You can't run them there because they can't handle what's, what's necessary for television. And, it's, and it, it adds to the problem. There has been venues that have literally upgraded their internet for us to come in because they didn't have the capability. Um, we were talking to a venue that's brand new and they are literally adding ports like holes in the wall that have covers over them so that when we run a broadcast, we wouldn't be able to shut the door. Right. So then I have to pay for security to stand at a door all night long so that because once the Internet gets hooked up for the truck, it stays hooked up. It does not unhook yeah. until they're done. So they're putting like they call it like an eye hole so that you can run the cords through the wall so that I don't have to pay for security to stay there all night long because you can't shut the door. Like it, there's so many things that people have no idea. Like I tell everybody all the time, my job is to do all of the things that you have no idea even happen. And right. when they go wrong, you're not supposed to ever know that they went wrong. Right. Like I'm supposed to fix all of those problems before you ever even get there. Bedford park last year, <laughs> never in my life. Never. I, I don't, I don't normally drink guys like it's a very low-key social thing there was a lot of drinking involved in Bedford Park last year <laughs> I've never seen Curtis run so fast in my life um I have never talked to a fire marshal the way that I talked to a fire marshal in Bedford Park like it's just there's so many things and yeah it, it's to that point like to Kat's point I don't think people realize not every state not every county handles things the same way. Some laws are different. Bedford Park, Illinois, right outside of Chicago, the way their fire marshal handed, they wanted to shut that event down how many times? In the middle oh of broadcast. He in the middle of the broadcast. You guys are doing your thing. The, the tournament's going on. People were losing their minds backstage. Going, He was, fire marshal was ready to shut it down mid-broadcast. I'm mid standing broadcast. with the fire marshal. I was like, <laughs> not happening today like because they had never held a broadcast right so we we essentially are the same thing as a concert right we're a concert we yeah. have when you go to a concert there's not security lights on there's no lights extra right they like their show lighting is their lighting it's enough light for you to see well people don't look at us that way they don't think of us that way but that is what we are so we don't need all of these extra fire lights and all these other things but you have to, in some cases, like you have to explain that, especially when the venue doesn't talk to the fire marshal. He saw us on TV. He was sitting at home, saw us on TV, saw the tents were so dark and thought every light in the room was off and came in and was ready to shut us down. He left his sofa and came to the venue and was ready to shut us down. That's insane. Isn't that insane? Oh, my That's gosh. Insane. Well, and Kat, you know what, Kat? I, I'm not just saying this because you're because you're here and on with us. Um and because I, I really like your husband. Um, but but no, what you were just talking about, it's so true. The fact that you did your job and Fred and Curtis you know, and everyone else behind the scenes, the fact that you guys did your job so well, you're right. There were hundreds of people, including me, that had no idea that was going on. I'm just hearing this for the first time. So it's a huge credit to you that when things are going wrong, it's your job to make sure it's handled so that the rest of us have no idea what's going on. That's, that's yep. incredible to me. I, you know what? I have to ask this question because if you know Kat, and I don't know Kat as well as a lot of people, but I think I know her well enough just from working with her. 
as crazy as all that stuff is, Kat would rather no one else be in charge of it other than her. Am I right in saying that? And at what point in your life did you realize I have to be in charge of everything? It, it, when, when did that happen? When did you know that about yourself? I mean, I'm pretty type A. Look, I was raised really? by... <laughs> I mean, if you know me, you know I'm type A. Like, it's just what it is. It's who I am. Um, I was raised by a mom that was in the military for 26 years. She retired as a senior chief in the Navy, right? My dad was a battalion chief for the fire department. Like, I was raised... It all makes sense. It's all making sense now, yes. Like, there was no video games in my house as a kid. Like, there was no such thing. Like, I was outside, and I grew up on a farm. So, like, when I stayed at my grandpa's house, like, it was up at 6 a.m. to shovel horse shit and clean feet <laughs> and do those things. If you want the rewards of having a horse, you get to do all the work that comes with that, right? Um, and I guess over time, like, it's one of those things, like, you will see me at the point where I'm ready to pull my hair out, but I work so much better like that than I do when I'm bored. Like, when I'm bored, things get dropped and I get forget them because I'm like, what, like, I know that there's something I'm supposed to do, but I don't even remember because I'm not. But when I get to that point where it's just like this, 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 and this, when I'm on site, it just rolls. Like, I know what has to be done. I know who I need to check in with. Like, I know who I need to talk to. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I think I function better that way, right? So, sometimes it gets me in trouble because sometimes I'm like, I can just do it all. Right. And sometimes I step on toes and I don't mean to, it's just one of those things like I'm here and I can do it. So why don't I just do it? Yeah. Um, just, just, just for the people at home, when she and Josh are on site before tournaments get going, it's like watching two people that have been married for 40 years that hate each other, <laughs> that despise each other. S Sydney used to sit there and tell them, mom and dad, stop fighting. <laughs> They definitely call us mom and dad. Like we joke about it all the time. Like we are work husband and wife all the time. Like we keep each other from pulling, like from losing our minds, but we also cause each other to pull our own hair out sometimes. Like, and you know, we have that good working relationship that like, he'll put me in my place when I need to be put in my place and I'll put him in his place when he needs to be put. Like, it's just how we work. Um, and I tell him all the time, like we're a better team for it because we're a team that's comfortable with each other. Right. Like, we are together so much. Um, you add Wally to the mix and Curtis and Daniel. Um, I'm so excited. Daniel worked for our lighting crew on for Tupelo Honey and now is actually working for the ACL directly as the production manager. Um, I so that, I yeah. am so excited to have him on board. But like we've literally created a family and our family meshes really well and we know how to work well with each other. And we all understand every like you put all these personalities together and they either work or they don't, right? Like it's either you're going to get this bomb explosion or it's just going to be like this really smooth sailing situation. And thankfully we've gotten really good at, I mean, we kind of sail smooth and when we're at our limits, we all kind of know it. And we go out for our union break is what we call it. And like rest <laughs> and we come back in and we vent to each other and we kind of carry on. And I, I wouldn't have this family any other way. I tell you that for sure. Hey, hey Jeff. It, it Jeff. Is a, yeah. Hey, we got 90 seconds left. All right. So, you know, you know what kind of person they hate working with the non type a people that are certifiably insane. Like myself, I know <laughs> I drive them true. in. Oh, look, she, she's, she's going to nod. I call Bernie my negative Nancy. I love him. For that. Sometimes that like, true. Just stop. I need that you to true. stop for just a second. Cause I'm trying to be positive over here and it's not helping. <laughs>
<laughs> all right. All right. So, we're, so, all right. I got so many more questions left. I want to know players' favorite places to go, their yeah. least favorite places to go. We literally have 60 seconds left. More importantly, uh, real quick, can you can you tell us like where we're going for the Nationals yet? Are the Nationals set yet? The first one is not locked. I should have that locked this week. I'm okay. praying or I won't have any here left. But National number two, Corpus Christi, Texas. National okay. number three, Erie, Pennsylvania. And national number four is Sandusky, Ohio, which is right wow. off the like Peter Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering if we were going to get uh, back up in – that's Northeast Ohio, right? Isn't it yep. up by uh, Cleveland? Okay, I was wondering when we were going to try and get back up there. That's awesome. I mean, I Roller know people – Yeah, I know I've people got, have been I'm wanting narrowed that down to like three locations for national number one, so I pray to have that locked this week so we can release. Um, Vegas is on the – look out but it's just not looking pretty so i've got some other options that would be just as good so we'll see how it goes all right 10 seconds left least favorite place we've ever been to for the players bedford parker oh yeah that was that was yeah we played gun or firework outside yeah there were some bad situations you just didn't know yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. That was a bad, <laughs> bad weekend. That, that part I did hear about. Yep. That was that was bad. <laughs> hey, Kat, congratulations. Thanks so much for your time. We'll bring you back again sometime. But uh, congratulations on the promotion. You're right. It's 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 a total team effort. It's a family. I'm so happy to be part of it. Um, it's been great to to get to know you and especially Tanner, but but you too. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, look forward to seeing you guys in Myrtle Beach. Appreciate what you do. Thanks, guys. See you, Kat. Right, bye, Kat. Man, that that's crazy. I had no idea that all that was going on at Bedford Park. I, I knew about the shooting stuff going on. Obviously, it was on the news. I didn't know about all this stuff with the fire marshal. Bedford right, Park dude. was something else. Man, I hate it. We got to run. Got to run. All right. Uh, have a good week. I'll talk to you later, brother. See you, buddy. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching.